Hallelujah. I want to open up with a scripture first before we pray. The scripture says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from, from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the word says that we have been saved, Lord God, through, through grace. We have been saved by grace through faith, God, Father God, that not from ourselves. It's a gift from you, Lord God. It's not, it's not by works, so no one can boast. So thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you for these gatherings, Father God. Thank you for those who came out to hear the word and speak of Father God. Thank you for working all things out for our good, Lord God. Thank you for this. Thank you for these blessings, Lord God. Thank you for your joy, for the joy of the Lord is our strength, Lord God. We thank you. We praise your holy name, Lord God. We lift up this, the service tonight, the Friday night service tonight, Father God, that a word will come out tonight that will benefit all, all who listen, Father God, that will come out of here wiser, Father God, come out of here come out here with more knowledge, Lord God, and above all, come out here with more understanding, Father God. And we thank you, Lord God, for all the things that are being done in this church. We lift up our pastors, Lord God, our ministers, our deacons, our leaders, Father God, and our congregation, Lord God. We thank you for protecting us, putting a head to protect around us, Lord God, keeping us safe, keeping us sound, and giving us, and continue giving us assignments, Father God, because as long as we're standing and coming to church, we are still on assignments. Lord God, we, we, we thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your holy name, Lord God. And we give you honor, Lord. And we give you glory in the awesome and the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. above all name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Father, and I thank you, O oh Lord, for today, my God. I thank you for getting us through this whole week, O oh Lord, Father. Hallelujah. Let our praises and our worship be like a Lord, sweet smelling fragrance before you, my God. Let it, Lord, touch your heart, your, your very throne of grace, O oh God. Like a sweet smelling perfume, O oh Lord.
Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for dying for us, O oh God, for giving us the access, O oh Lord, to the Father. Hallelujah. Your precious Son. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
But this I say, who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Amen? And Father, we just say thank you tonight for your word, God. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, God, hallelujah, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for just your grace, your mercy, your goodness, God, hallelujah. We thank you for each and every person here tonight, God, and even those who are listening tonight, God, and we just thank you for the brethren, God. Father, we lift up the offering before you tonight, Lord. We ask, oh God, that you will continue to give those who handle the funds, Lord, that you will continue to give them wisdom, Lord, your wisdom, God, to do what you would have them to do according to your word, God. We ask that you would touch every person tonight, God, touch every heart tonight, God, and that we would be cheerful givers, God, not giving grudgingly, Lord, but bountifully, oh God. And Father, that you don't force anyone to do anything because you're a loving God, hallelujah. So Father, tonight, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we bless the money, we bless the finances tonight for Calvary, Lord. And we just give you glory, honor, and praise, oh God. We come expecting tonight, God, that you would release, oh God, what you would release, whatever you would have to come forth, God. And we say thank you tonight, Abba Father. We say thank you, King of kings and Lord of lords. And we just give you glory tonight, God. We give you honor, we give you praise, God. You are the King, hallelujah. We thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' holy name, amen. 
इसका Jesus. Praise the Lord that uh, you know God is not like us humans. One day we're free, and the next day we got. <laughs> When He said we're free, we're free. Hallelujah. You guys are ready for today? Yes. Let's go. Welcome, to, welcome to Friday Night Live. Yeah. You know what today's day is, right? Yes. What's today? Today's day. God, speak to me. Yes. Speak to me. Yes. Today's the day of the Lord. So that means whatever the enemy attacked us with had no effect because it is the Lord's day, and if it's His day, He's in control. And since we are His children, we're victorious with whatever the nonsense or the foolish attacks that we get from whatever He wants to use. What, what does the Bible says? No new weapons will form against us, will prosper. Yes. It will get in your face, but it will have no effect. Exactly. That's my dad. Talking about a shield of protection. Yes. You, you don't even have to duck. Hallelujah. It just bounces off. Bang. <laughs> It's Friday. I'm being silly. I'm allowed to be, right? Cool. I want to be seeing everybody here in the online. God bless you. I keep looking over there. Uh, <laughs> To come in this Sunday, well, the the governor is going to be in the house with us this Sunday. You guys know who the governor is? The Holy Ghost. <laughs> so, so come on down and meet the governor in person. Hallelujah! Listen, <laughs> praise God, praise God. It's It's one of the things that Adam lost in the Garden of Eden was the governor, was the Holy Spirit. And um, through the second Adam, he was able to create an avenue to reintroduce or welcome back home the governor. The, the mystery of the gospel, Christ went in. So we, I, I am so grateful, grateful and thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for me. You know, like, The more I get into his word, the more things I learn. That's why I love him, Tony. Tony, the way he digests things, you know, he cuts every piece of apple and he talks about it. You know, I love it. I, that's the, you know, I can sit there and just like eat it. You know, um, one of the things I learned uh, from Mons Moreau the other day, he said, "Jesus Christ is not our forgiver." And he goes, "Got you all." You know, everybody's face. Mm, I'm, I'm watching TV. I'm going. Huh? <laughs> He says, Jesus Christ is our cleanser. The Father is the forgiver. <laughs> Then he said, the importance of the Holy Spirit is that without the Holy Spirit, he says, no one goes to the Father except through me. But then he says, no one comes to me unless through the Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, The reason why he had to bring them back in, because it was the only way we could get to our cleanser, to get to our forgiver. So I am so grateful for what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. He, you know, he settled my death once and for all. He's not making installment payment. It's one shot freedom. You know, 
Now we just constantly got to go into our process of renewing our mind and getting the understanding of who we are in Christ, how dangerous we are in Christ. Thank God I'm not the preacher tonight. I'm, too, I'm being too silly today. I'm being, you know, but I just want to introduce my mighty brother. Uh, no, no stranger to this house. You know, uh, a, a, a soldier. Hey, I bet you you was one of the originals the, of the guardian angels. Wow, things are coming back to me. Let me look at you a little more. <laughs> one of the original guardian angels was uh, uh, in the military. And uh, now he, he's a police officer, sergeant, detective. detective. He's always climbing. And now for detectives, now he's in the army of the Lord. I mean, you know, he just doesn't stop serving. You know, that's a warrior's warrior. I want to introduce my brother and yours, Minister Al Aponte. God bless. Oh, yes. Aponte. Yes. We're related, too, man. Ah, oh, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. Exactly. The cross. The cross makes it. Oh, so um, let me get, get, get a little closer here. So I brought a laptop, but also I learned one thing about technology, because sometimes it would always fail you. So that's why I always have a backup. See that? Backup. Because this goes, boom, you know that? And then you got to say, well, what am I going to do? And that's what Holy Ghost comes in, in, uh, in rare form and all that. So, so, so how are we doing? We're doing pretty good. Very blessed and highly favored. It's it's great to be it's it's great to be in the house of God here and um, you know I know a lot of us saying you know why we're not here it, it, and it's like I said there's 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 a process and everything and um, like I said uh, the Bible says do not forsake the gathering of the brethren and you know it's great to be in a church your own church because this is our church we own it. You know, we own it, you know, and in the past, Calvary has a long, very, um, you know, very lucrative uh, history where, you know, when the fire came, uh, we became the Tabernacle Church and all that. So we've been, you know, posting up and, and going to different places and all that. So here we are today. All right. So, so basically, we've been studying Proverbs and all that. And, you know, it is a great book of wisdom when you really think about it. But it's not just the book of wisdom, but when you look at the Bible in its whole, you know, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it is a, 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 an immense book of instruction, godly wisdom, everything that we need that God will provide for us if we ask by faith, right? So we know that we always talk about faith. Faith is a very uh, interesting subject that we always go through. So I, I wanna start I want to go deep into this and, and very quickly because, you know, we don't always have the time and I'm looking at the time up there. But I'm going to be teaching a little bit about Proverbs 13. And it's interesting because I was saying to myself, I read this and I was going, peru you know, perusing into it. And I was saying to myself, okay, I can relate to this. Because here's the question I want to ask each and every one of you. You ever ask yourself, what is going on with this world? It's running amok, it's crazy. I mean, you see the nonsense out there. People have lost their minds. 
And you ask, you know, you, that's, a, that's a legit question, right? And you ask yourself, what is wrong with this person? You know, don't they know better and all that? And, and, and there is a reason why. And I'm going to go into Proverbs 13, into that. So I'm going to read uh, one verse that pretty much um, opens it up, right? And it's Proverbs. If you, if you have your Bibles, you can go into your Bibles and all that. And we're going to go into Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. And I know Tony's probably went through it. Mr. Tony's went through it. And his, a lot of the stuff that he gave was on point. He gave you a historical, um, you know, more, like, more like, a, like a story of how we got here. Uh, so here it is. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, right? But the phrase implies what? Submission to God. So it's not about fearing God like he's the boogeyman. It's, it's, it's to reverence him in awe, you know. He, he is sovereign. You know, he wants us to come to him. He's our father, you know. I mean, imagine being afraid to come to your father. And I'll get that into a little bit into this because, you know, like I said, uh, I'll, I'll give an idea about how important our heavenly father is to us. But what is wisdom? So when we go into wisdom... See if I can get this right. All right, good. So I'm going into the Cambridge Dictionary. I know we have the Webster Dictionary, Merriam-Webster. There's a lot of different um, dictionaries out there. But this was interesting. So wisdom is the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgment. Think about it. And I understand that Mr. Tony explained that, you know, there is good knowledge and there's also bad knowledge. And we have to be able to be discerning because, like I said, the, the knowledge that we should be honing into is godly knowledge, you know, spiritual knowledge and all that. Even though the worldly knowledge is, is, is good, it's okay, you know, but we also have to be careful where the source is, you know, the source. In other words, uh, whose report are you going to listen to, you know, God or the world? So, going on. But now here's an example of what happens when we either lack wisdom Right? So we're going to go into James chapter 1, verses 5 to 6, and that's the amp. If any of you lack wisdom, and is to guide him through the decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God, who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask. This is the key thing. He must ask for wisdom in faith, without doubting, without doubting God's willingness to help. And sometimes, you know, I mean, you have to understand that God is our Father. He wants to give us everything, you know, in need, right? He knows what, we, what our needs are. But we have to be willing to come to Him as a child. We have to be able to come to Him and ask Him by faith, without doubting, right? Because why would we doubt our Father? then the question is, who are we in relationship to him? So that's one thing we need to uh, understand. So I want to get into Proverbs, right? And we're going to go into 1-1. Chapter 13, 1-1. So the first verse is, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. You know, this is something that we, you know, 
this is something that we noted in the previous chapter that um, Minister Tony um, discussed in terms of Proverbs 12.1. So let's go into Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. And check this one out. But he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> Imagine that. Stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> but think about it. If you love instruction, you love knowledge. I mean, listen, you know what I mean? Who wouldn't want to get good instruction? Right? You know, I mean, you ever, you ever go to a gas station? And I know the guys, I never understood this. You know, you go to a gas station, and as a cop, I see this, and I say, why does the woman always coming to, 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 to get instruction when it's the man that should be leading, you know? It's, it's different, right? It, it's crazy. But it's about, val but, but what is it all about? It's about valuing your father, what he has to teach you, his wisdom and instructions. So a wise son listens to his father's correction, chastisement, get it? Rebuke, discipline, and instruction. Why is that? Because a son, you know, and we can add the daughters in there, but a son honors his father. So that's a key thing. You honor your father, but also respects, a son respects his authority. And he realizes that his father has life experiences that will give him understanding. So sometimes you're not going to give instruction or, you know, to gain some, in order for that person to gain wisdom, if you don't have any life experiences or you haven't been through it yourself. So God knows. And not only that, he knows what it's like to be human. Because the Christ came in, the word made flesh. So he knows what it's like to, to feel, to hurt, to want, you know. So, let's look at the father, the father model. So the father is a model, should be a model of godliness to his children, earning their respect and honor. Think about it. This increases the, po the, the possibility of their learning from him. So imagine your fathers, right? You know, we come to them for our wisdom and learning and understanding, right? And not all fathers are godly, so... You know, we'll, we'll touch a little bit into that, you know. But then what, 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 uh, what a man lacks in terms of spirituality, Christ will fill in the gap. Think about it. But sadly, for some children, a father is a model of what not to become. There are young men out there who don't want to be like their father. But I also want to honor those single women who are mothers who had to raise their sons and daughters when the father was not there. That's a hard job, but it's not their responsibility. But God will give you the strength. He will give you the instruction. He will give you the wisdom to do that and all that. And I know what it's like because I know a lot of you some of you, maybe your friends and all that, don't have fathers, or they weren't in your lives. Or you had fathers in your lives, but they weren't in it. Like I lost my father recently, May 15th. He was 84, and um, long story short, he's a great man. 
a gentleman everything, but he did not give me exactly what I needed. I wanted a father that would come to me and sit on his, sit on, you know, sit on his knees and say, yeah, papi, you know, everything is okay, everything is nice, everything like that. Hug me and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. I didn't get that. But sometimes someone's love is demonstrated a little bit different. But God had to teach me a lesson one day. And I was very unfairly unfair to my father. I wanted something that he himself could not give. You see, he gave love, but for him, love was being a father that provided, that taught us right from wrong. He was strict. He was a military man. I mean, we got the Korea. I mean, he beat the hell out of us. But, the, but that was correction. That was correction. Get it? And we'll get into that because even if you get the papao, you know, you get the spanking and everything like that, you still have to respect and honor your father because he, he's doing it for a reason. Because if he lets us to go to do our own little bidding, we won't be here. How many people are in the ground because they did not listen to instruction? Think about it. But my father, but God told me, he said, listen, how, you, can't, you can't say that about your father. Your father was not given, can't give you what, he, what, what, what you want because his own father was not in his life. But I love my dad. He was a gentleman, and believe me, I said, Father, I said, you know, I said, God, I would take my father a million times over, over and over, just the way he is, because I know that I am the product of my dad today and our Heavenly Father. So, moving along, in life, the father has a tremendous, tremendous influence in the upbringing and teaching of his children. That's very, very, very powerful and very pivotal because, you know, only a father can teach a son to be a man. Now, a mother, in other words, can teach a son in what type of man he should be if there is a role model to compare him to. Get it? We all know that our Heavenly Father is the ultimate example, you know? So, teaching the children the ways of the Lord are primarily the Father's responsibility. So I'm gonna give an example from the Old Testament, Exodus, right? So we can go to Exodus 12, chapter 12, 26, 27. And it goes like this. It shall be when your children say to you, Father, what do you mean by this service? that you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households so that, so that the people bow their heads and worship. And going into another example in Ephesians chapter 6, 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And that's an important thing because fathers have a very sacred responsibility. God did not create fathers to abuse their children. And I know some of your children say, well, well, dad is like this, why he does this? But ask yourself, what did you do to get rebuked? 
because she didn't listen to instruction. Get it? So, let's look at a good example of a, of a father instructing his son. And that is, a great example I want to show you is David and his son Solomon. So we're going to go to 1 Chronicles 28.9. And I'll read this. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of your thoughts. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Wow. That's heavy and deep. You know, he's teaching, and he's teaching him how our Heavenly Father is for us. The one thing we don't ever want is our Father to ever cast us out. And he's not going to just do it like that. We do this to ourselves. If you're not in the Father, you're out of the Father. Think about it. Right? So, this principle, in this principle, does it not rest simply on the instruction? So basically, it does not, the principle of this does not rest on the instructions of the father, uh, uh, given from a father to a son. But this is also applicable to life in general. In everything we do, you know, there, it's, it's, it, it, the instruction is, you know, paramount. The one who truly, the one is truly wise is also open to instruction that they may gain wisdom. How else are they going to continue to learn and gain wisdom? Right? So we're talking about being teachable, being open to instruction. Because many of us here, we do operate in wisdom. And some of it is godly, and some of it is worldly. But it's the godly wisdom that we have to operate. And it's basically the application of that knowledge because if I get this instruction based on the knowledge and I apply it in my life and in my relationships, you know, in the world, with my wife, my brother, everybody, you know what I'm saying? That's wisdom. How do we use knowledge? On the other hand, and, and this is going into the second part of that, um, that scripture, right? It talks about a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. So what is a scoffer? A scoffer is someone who is, um, you know, he makes fun, right? He mocks. How many, how many times people have done that? Or how many times we have done that in our lives? We're like, who was they? Come on. We were all teenagers at one time, right? We got too big for our, you know, our pants and everything else like that. And we thought that we knew better than our parents. Because we were grown up, as we like to say. I'm good. Come on, pop, man. What? I'm grown up. I'm a man. No, you're not. No, you're not. We think we know. 
But in Proverbs 1.1, a wise man heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. So again, a scoffer mocks. He makes fun of the stuff out there. We see this in the world today. There's so much knowledge and so much instruction out there, and, and, and people are saying, oh, who are you? The one that refuses instruction is a scoffer, a, scor a, a scorner, an arrogant, foolish person. This one does not respect authority. We see this everywhere. You ever wonder why people are not, respect are not respecting authority? Because it starts in the home. It starts with your daddy, your earthly daddy, your biological father. And it also starts even way before that, but that's up to the parents to introduce us to a higher person, a higher father. But if we don't get that, and we don't respect our, our dad, our father at home, you think we're gonna respect, we're not gonna respect his authority, we're not gonna respect instruction, we're not even gonna respect anything that is outside the home because we lack the father's instruction. All in the Bible, everything that we need, the manual. So again, this one does not respect authority and does not respond to any level of discipline. Think about it. How many times you try to discipline a person? And sometimes we, we're not talking about really heavy-handed. But we try to, you know, with love, rebuke a person. But no matter what we do, something is holding them back. They don't want to listen. Maybe their hearts are cold. Maybe there's a wound that is not healing. What, what, what is holding them back? Right? Maybe they need to be delivered. But that's another topic. Deliverance. So in Proverbs 15, 12, a scoffer does not love one who corrects him. <clears throat> I mean, who wants someone? I mean, who really likes a person correcting them? And that's a prideful spirit. You know, listen, when you're wrong, you're wrong. How many people, and I'm going to go there, how many people have left the church because the leadership, starting with the pastor on down, you know, made a correction. A correction. You're not condemning the person, but it's a correction. Listen, you, you, you're wrong. Well, how many times has a pastor said, uh, he said a story one time where a person wanted to be close with the pastor, you know, and all that, he says, yeah, I want to be close to you and all that, and I'll do anything you do, anything you do and all that. But the minute he falls out of line and, and the pastor corrects him, all of a sudden he falls, falls apart like a cheap suit. Oh, but, but, but you know, you know. No, but you said you would do anything. But that is, that is how it is with God. When we give our all to God, we're submitting everything. When you, when you elected to become a child of God to accepting his son as his personal savior, you said you would give it all. We said we would give it all. And whatever happens, it happens. And if we have to get a rebuke from God, 
I'd rather get rebuked by, by the Lord than to spend an eternity in hell thinking it over. An eternity, nobody wants to go down there. It is a lot worse than you think. It is a lot worse than you think. Because people don't believe in hell. They don't believe in hell. I said, well, if you don't believe in hell, how are you going to believe in God? How are you going to believe in anything? So getting back to the scoffer, the mocker. Get it? The mocker. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So the scoffer, a person is full of himself. Prideful. Does not want instruction from anybody. We see that all the time. And we see that in, you know, sometimes, you know, in our families. So in Proverbs 10, 8, the wise in heart accepts commands, but the chattering fool comes to ruin. How many times have we seen that? When a person falls from grace or falls to ruin in society, in the world, right? So interesting, scoffers are mentioned concerning the, in the last days, right? So I'm going to go further into the Bible, almost to the end, into 2 Peter chapter 3, 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. So people are going to do what they want to do. There are preachers everywhere. A dime a dozen. I mean, you can walk through here and you can bump to a preacher and, and, and you cannot say to God, I didn't know. You heard, but you didn't follow. You didn't obey. You didn't, you didn't listen to instruction. Think about it. And God's voice is so loud out there. And then you wonder why people are not hearing it. Because they close their hearts. So they cause dissension and promote discord, right? Breaking the unity of the church. How many people, when you, when you talk about division within the church, why is that happening? Because people, see, talk is cheap. You could call yourself a holy roller, Jesus, whatever it is, you know. And this is also in, in ministry and in leadership. Where they don't want to listen to instruction. They can't take a rebuke. And if you're not following the instructions of your pastor, your leadership, basically you're not following God. It's not that we're better than God. We, we, we're supposed to represent his best interests. It is a great immense responsibility to be in any one of those titles whether you're the pastor bishop apostle elder minister you know deacon anywhere we don't take this for granted and you thought this was an ice cream sermon this is the word, this is the kind of stuff that a lot of churches don't want to preach. They want to get the, uh, the Mr. Rogers version of it. Won't you be my neighbor? Or the Barney one. I love you. 
But we do love each other. Love, love, you gotta have love. But you got to hear the stuff in the scripture that is nobody wants to talk about fire and brimstone. But this is really nothing compared to what's to follow. What I'm showing you is what happens when we don't listen to instruction, when we don't listen to what God has for us. The scriptures are full of things here. So what do we do with scoffers? What do we do with them? So in Proverbs chapter 22, 10, it says, cast out the scoffer and the contention, which is basically the heated disagreement that they carry, will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. Listen, as hard as, as, hard as it is to do this in a church, sometimes, and it's up, you know, it goes up to the pastor. Sometimes the pastor will have to take a person to the side and say, and it's a hard thing to say. Because he loves this person. He said, listen, you're not a good fit. You're causing unrest. You're operating in a bad, dark spirit. And sometimes people have to be let go. Think about it. That's a hard thing to do. I remember, Pastor, there were times where it grieved him, where he had to do that. It's hard when a father has to do this to his children. That's a hard thing to do. It pains. It's, it, really, it really hurts deep, deep inside. So now we go into verse 2 of Proverbs 13. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. The fruit of his mouth is referring to the fruit, the results of his speech. How many times have we said something that has caused others a blessing or a curse? Or you said something and you say, Man, I can't take, oh, why did I say that? Why did it come out of my mouth? And the words, words are very powerful. Look at God's word. When he speaks, things happen. When he spoke everything into existence because of his word. And God honors his word above his own very name. The word, the word. We are the byproduct of his word. We are a living example of the word, his creation. We are that creation. So first, so let's see. First, this is not saying that a person produces food by speaking into existence. We know that, you know. He's not saying we have to we have what we say or what we speak of into being. So it's not about speaking something in existence, but sometimes we let something loose in the spiritual world. Because technically the things that we speak out, we're not really gonna see. We're, gonna, we're going to see the after effect. It is understood in the context of the second line of the proverb, verse two, the soul of the faithful feeds unto violence. 
So if you continue, we continue going out there and spouting hate and everything else, we're going to invite violence. Look what's happening out there with the protests before. They're speaking about, you know, protecting rights and everything out there, but their, their actions speak something else. And it breeds violence. And then in the term, you get hurt in the process. So the unfaithful, the treacherous, deceitful, they attempt to get what does not belong to them. Hence, the violence in public. I stand for this, but guess what? I want that 60-inch TV. I got to get it. You know, viva la France, you know, whatever you want to protest, but I want that TV. I want those Jordans. So I break into the store and I do that, and what are we doing? All in the name of what? Your rights? All in the name of what word? What instruction? What would you give him? The unfaithful desires and hungers for violence, but will receive violence themselves. So what's the point? Words and wishes receive their just rewards. So whatever we speak unto others, that, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's in good intention it's, and it's done in love, what do we gain from it? Think about it. The blessings. But let's go into verse 3. And I'm only talking about the first three verses. It all sets up. There's more to follow, but I, 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 somehow these three verses, that's all I need to know. Because if I could just listen to instructions, if I can listen to my Heavenly Father, if I can listen to my Father, and I can listen to the people that are they're above me, in other words, not, you know what I'm saying? People, they're people of wisdom. Pastor. He's our spiritual father. I listen to his instructions. And if I got to get a rebuke for him, and I get a rebuke. That's it. It is what it is. Right? But he loves us. So if I can listen to, 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 you know, to the father, you know, whoever the, your father figure is, of course, starting with God, that's, all, that's one thing I need. But I need to watch what comes out of my lips. I got to watch my actions. Am I being fruitful? You know? Am I operating with godly wisdom? So verse 3 is, He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Remember the old saying in World War II, loose lips sink ships? Right? How many times we said something and in gossip, and not minding our business, and that caused someone else to fall. God help us. If we cause a fellow Christian brother, sister to fall. Think about it. It is always safe to measure what you speak. Guard your tongue. See, the Bible always talks about the heart being deceitful. 
And sometimes God knows what we think before we speak, right? And even if we catch it, oh my God, I'm think, why am I thinking about this? God, forgive me. But the minute we speak it into existence, whoa. That's like me taking my gun and I point it at someone and it's not even a target, it's not even a self-defense, it, it's just, I just want to make a statement. The minute I pull that trigger, I can't call it back. It's going to hit a target. It's going to be devastating. It's going to be destructive. Because I didn't act in wisdom. You know, when you look at that visually, that, that's horrible. There have been officers that, and I don't want to get into the politics of it, but there have been officers that have shot, and that was an intention. And, and, you know, people get hit. And, and, and that makes a person, oh my God, why did I do this? It's hard. It's hard to recover from that. So, Proverbs 10 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. In Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. There is an Arab <laughs> proverb. <laughs> and interesting, there's a lot of things out there, you know, Proverbs, sayings, and all that. So there's an Arab, there's an Arab proverb that says, that says it like this. Take heed that your tongue does not cut your own throat. That's, you know, and that's not even in the Bible. That's a saying, an Arab saying. But how far is that from the truth? You're cutting your own throat. Or you said something at work about the boss. And it reaches the boss, and all of a sudden, you're wondering why you're going to the office and why you're collecting your severance pay and your, and your pink slip, whatever you slip, you know? In other words, you're fired. Because you open your mouth and you cut your throat. That's bad. So Proverbs 21, 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. We don't want a troubled soul. It's enough that the world is going into turmoil. Topsy-turvy, everything out there. I want my soul to be at peace. And the only way it's going to be at peace is the word of God, his instruction. Right? Meditate on the word, day and night. Proverbs 29, 11. These are just examples of what happens when we speak out of term. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Listen. It's nice to vent. It's great to vent. But you've got to be careful who you vent to. To whom? You don't spill everything to everybody. Because not everybody has their, um, their good intentions. Their heart for you. They'll take it. It becomes gossip. and say, hey, look what this... Look what she told me, look what he told me. And they'll twist it, and that's gossip. And gossip is very destructive. You know, when you think about that. 
So many times, the best thing to do is not just to say anything. And I'm not saying that you have to, you know, zip, you know, zip it and you know, put some, some crazy glue and that's it, you know. It's much better not to say anything than it is to say something hurtful and then regret over it. The tongue can be a deadly weapon. We know. Listen. This is how bad the tongue is. I can go up to a person, a young man, a young woman, and destroy them. Kill the purpose. Kill without breaking their skin. All I have to do is just speak death into them. You're no good. You're lazy. You're good for nothing. Look at you. You're bummed. You're worthless. I can't believe, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, we gave birth to you. Imagine these things that we say to our children. And then you wonder why society is so screwed up. We can't do this. That's why every trial out there, I always tell them, listen, guy, I, I, I don't know your life. I don't know who you are. I'm old enough to be a daddy. You know, but let me tell you something. And with all respect, don't let your parents, listen, don't let your parents tell you what you need to do. I mean, when I say that, I say that respect. I said, listen, you are an individual. You could be anything you want to be. You're not worthless. I don't care. Don't not listen to that kind of, you know, that strife. You're special. God made you on purpose for his purpose. I want you to understand that. That's, where, that's a time of ministry. When you go to these kids and tell them. Because they're waiting for this. See, when God created us, he didn't create us, you know, yes, he created us, you know, completely, but not so completely. Because, the one, because there's something that even the world cannot fill. And God let us, left us incompletely so that he can complete us with him, that peace, Christ, the Holy Spirit, that makes us complete. So he did that on purpose to do that. So in Proverbs 18.21, life and death are in the power of the tongue. This is the scripture. This is a very, um, you know, very famous, very powerful scripture. The power is in the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So whatever you profess, whatever you, whatever you sow, you will reap yourself, right? And those who love it will eat of its fruit. The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. We're seeing this everywhere. We see examples in social media. We see examples everywhere. And even in the church. God help us. So Proverbs 4.10. So I'm going into a close. As the pastor said, I'm landing the uh, 747. I'm hovering. I'm in, um, in a pattern. So Proverbs 4.7 says, Wisdom is principle. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. How can you understand if you don't know the knowledge or taking the knowledge or taking and obey the instruction given by our Heavenly Father? How can we understand?
if we don't get in a right relationship with God in his word? How can we ever understand? Right? And receive God's wisdom. Because he wants to give wisdom in, in such a way that it will make our heads spin. He wants to give us his wisdom. So in closing, when it comes to wisdom, wisdom saves us from many difficulties in our life. Think about it. How many times we have said this, that I wish I would have done it this way. I wish I would have listened. I wish I had someone back then to tell me, to guide me. How I wish I had someone like the pastor. Or maybe my parents were, you know, more godly, you know, in the church, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or I had a brother and sister to guide me. How I wish. But, saints, but, but then in life, sometimes what we missed out and what we lack, God will restore it to the level that we have never lost it to begin with. God is a restorer. I want you to understand that. I want you to believe that they get that what you think the devil or the enemy has stolen from you, God restores it. Because he has to order the devil. He has to order. You're going to return it back, but a hundredfold with interest. So we don't lose anything. But understand who we are in God. Understand who we are in him. We are his children because, see, he is God. But we call him Father, Abba Father. That means we have identity. So in wisdom, it equips us to handle difficult circumstances and positions us to receive eternal awards, rewards. God's wisdom, there is an eternal reward in that. Following the things of God. Listening to his words, his precepts. It's that book. That's what it is. That book is an instruction. If we can only, only open it, and I know it's not us, but if we can only open it and dust the cobwebs and unstick the pages because of the moisture, because it's been stuck away, imagine the voice. And if you look at the Bible, how many times are some of the famous people in the Bible have not listened to instruction? When Moses was told, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. Last time you struck it because I told you to do it. But he got pissed off. He got angry. And, 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 and you know, he's just like in his anger. He just cracked that, that rock. He just went. And that caused him. Wow. Talking about consequences. It caused him for him not to enter the promised land. But God is beautifully gracious and merciful. He allowed him to see it. Because he could have said, you're not seeing nothing. And then let's go back to the garden. And I'm running out of time right there. I'm out, I'm out of time. So the garden, go what happened? Don't eat of that tree. Got all the trees. Don't eat the tree. Don't eat the tree. Don't eat the tree. Of course, the serpent says, yeah, did God really say that? I said, well, come on. But look what happened. He didn't listen to instruction. 
and this is the mess we did. But God had plan B. Christ was waiting in the midst. He already knew that. He already won the war. He already won everything. He, 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 you can't mess with God. You can mess things up in creation, but you can't mess with God. You can't mess with him. So discover and apply God's wisdom for every situation and you won't regret it. So guys, guys, I just want to encourage you and I thank you for your time. And understand one thing that those of us who obtain godly wisdom, we're going to go very far. And the enemy will trip you up. Who cares? Who cares? Because I'm ready. I'm equipped. You're equipped, right? Jesus says uh, we have authority. But do we believe? And if you say you have faith, how can you have faith if you don't believe and trust in what you put your faith in? So guys, be encouraged. You're more powerful than you can imagine. The enemy is, he's trembling. The reason why he attacks, because we're in this flesh. That's the weak part. But in our weakness, God makes us strong. His word. As long as we can go through the turmoil and everything else like that, the enemy, could, he, he's going to torment. But as long as we can be defied. You know, we want to be like... Um, you know, we don't want to be like the seven sons of Skeeves. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Who are you? Basically, what he's saying is that you're a liar. You talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. Let's walk the talk. God bless you guys. That was awesome. That was awesome. So a wise son will listen to the instructions of his father. So a wise son daughter will listen to the instructions of their father And he gave the pros and the cons if you look at it. No. If you take the advice of your father, the blessings and stuff you'll go through. But if you don't, the journey that you'll take. Wisdom. 
wisdom. There was a part that you mentioned about eating fruits and stuff. Yes. Um, if my phone behaves. <coughs> yeah, 13-4. Yeah. Okay, you don't want to behave, huh? shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth but the soul of the of the transgressor shall eat violence basically that was saying is by the way you approach you can leave it at peace or get into a wall that's basically what he's saying close enough minister yes Okay, that is approved. That's basically what I'm saying. By how you approach it, you can walk away in peace, still have teeth to enjoy the meal, or get into a, a debate with somebody <laughs> and have a couple of teeth and still enjoy your meal. This whole month we've been talking about the book of Proverbs, wisdom, Understanding, and uh, though it causes you all get understanding, knowledge, you know, and, and all this is great, but are you applying what you hear? Seek me, it says. I stand at the gate and shout for those who hear me, for the simple to become wise. If you hear him, as the Bible says she, if you hit her and come to her, and you know what, I'm going to tell you a little twist there. You know who they're talking about? You know who, who is the wisdom? Who is the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding there? Turn off that light. They're like deers. <laughs> who can you, say it again. That's it. That's it. It's just calling you back into relationship, back to our original state, back to what Adam was, was first created, filled with the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is within, the mystery of, of the gospel, Christ from within. Just telling you to come back and create and cultivate that relationship once again. And I love the way God is. I mean, his, 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 he brings it into a family setting. Son, listen to my instruction. Pay attention to what your mother says. Because God has always never came here to create religion. He came to create his family. The Bible only spokes about three major things in the Bible. One, about the king. Two, about his kingdom. Three about the royal family. And those that have the blood are the royal family. So take, go home, digest your wisdom, 
cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit again and watch yourself become dangerous. Watch yourself become awakened. Not like the world is being saying awakened. Awakened to the understanding that you are more powerful, more wiser than the world portrays you to be. Because if the mystery is Christ within, that means the anointing is in. The power is within. You may think you're a firecracker, and really God says there is no limitation of what you are capable to do if you cultivate my relationship again. Come back to your wisdom. Come back to your understanding. But you can't get that without the information of who you are in Christ. Digest his word. I leave you with that. Well, I'll keep you all night. I got to get up at 5 in the morning. So I'll leave you with that. <laughs> Father, we thank you for our faithful minister, Al. And by the way, his name is not Aponte. That was a joke. <laughs> minister Al. <laughs> thank you for your faithfulness. Awesome word. Uh, Father, I pray that this word will penetrate not only our mind, but our soul and our spirit, man. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this season. I look forward for what you're about to unleash next month. We're going to be studying the book of Psalms. Proverbs and Psalms combined together. Talking about wisdom. Father, we thank you for what you're doing and in our midst. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. We thank you, O Lord, Father, that while we're digesting your food and, 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 and exercising the principles and becoming who we are in you. Father, I pray that when we go out and speak in your name, I ask for the souls to come and hear the good news of the gospel that you have deposited upon us. We give you the glory and honor for the souls. Oh Lord, we give you the glory and honor for the signs and wonders. And we give you the glory and honor for the fruit of the evidence of their repentance. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you and give you all the glory. Jesus' name.